You've created your business and now it's time to protect it. Whether it's your podcast, speaking engagements that you do virtually or live on in-person stages or the community that you've built, you want to make sure that what you've created is taken care of and well protected. This is where AWB contract templates come in. They're customizable, quick and easy to complete and cost a fraction of working with a lawyer one-on-one. They have tons of options available so you can choose the ideal one for your business needs. It's an instant download. You get a Word doc template, you fill in the blanks and in about 20 minutes, you're all done. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash contracts today to pick out your new business contracts. And when you check out, be sure to use the code play for 20% off your contract purchase. That's P-L-A-Y in all caps for 20% off. Protect your business with AWB contract templates. What it describes is a business that allows you to do impactful work while also living a rich, fulfilling life outside of work. Like I am always thinking, what can your business make possible for you by changing how you're designing it or by taking a subtractive approach? I made $10,000 from two emails. How to get 10,000 followers in 30 days. How to hit seven figures in seven months. We are flooded with these types of promises and messages in the online marketing and business space. And they give us the story that bigger is better. But is it better? You're listening to Flaunt Your Fire, the branding and visibility podcast where we own our values as we amplify our influence. I'm your host, India Jackson, and I am so excited for today's episode. I have been taking in so much messaging over the many, many years in business that bigger is better. And it looks like so many different examples from followers and how you have to hit 10K to seven figures to growing your team and expanding your services and scaling, right? We've heard all of these things, but what if that's not for everyone? What if taking that approach to business is not going to be aligned with your values or make you happy? What if you desire to be profitable and free of hustle culture? Because I believe that you can truly have both. What if there's another way? What if the alternative is actually better than being big? Well, that's exactly what I'm digging into on this episode today. Today, I am joined by Ashley Gartland, business mentor and coach. Ashley Gartland helps service-based business owners get out of the overwhelm and create a more sustainable, life-giving business by simplifying their services and freeing up their time. She is the host of the Better Than Big podcast, where she talks with small business owners about the strategies, shifts, and solutions that have helped them create simple, streamlined businesses. Ashley runs her business in 25 hours a week. How is that even possible? Is what many of you may be asking. But she runs her business in 25 hours a week, which leaves her with plenty of time to enjoy what's most important to her. And that includes long trail runs and time with her family. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about quite a bit. We're going to be digging into why adding more can lead to complexity and overwhelm. 
we're going to be talking about what is a subtractive approach and how a subtractive approach can create simplicity and ease, what it means to be better than big, what success looks like for Ashley. And she's also going to share a little bit about something that she subtracted within her brand visibility efforts and how that has created results for her personally. And last but not least, we're going to be digging into what flaunting her fire looks like for her right now. I am so excited. So let's dig in to this episode. Let's get the show on the road. Welcome to the show, Ashley. I'm so glad you're joining us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited for this conversation. Same. I I know that uh, we had previously chatted over on your podcast, Better Than Big, and that was so fun. So if you're listening and you'd like to hear more of Ashley and what she's doing, you already have your podcast app open. Make sure you do a quick search for Better Than Big and follow over there. Yeah. And start with your episode. It was a fantastic conversation. Thank you. So I find that so much in the world of business and entrepreneurship and owning brands and things like that, that there is this rhetoric that you have to add more and you have to keep growing and you have to hustle and you have to hit these huge numbers and goals and expand your team. I feel exhausted just saying all this stuff. And I'm wondering from your perspective, why adding more might be leading to people's complexity and overwhelm? Yeah, I'm so glad you prefaced it with kind of the conversation about what's going on in in whatever industry you're in. Um, It's happening a lot, right? About this conversation about hustling hard and hitting six, seven, eight figures. And I remember being in a room um, with some other coaching peers at a conference. And that was kind of the conversation is let's strive and let's get there. And I remember kind of looking around and thinking, well, what if I don't want that? What if I want the smaller sustainable business that provides me with a really rich, fulfilling life? Um, and what if I don't want that complexity and the overwhelm? Cause I could kind of see the writing on the wall. I figured if you're going to constantly be striving and doing more to have the bigger audience, to serve more clients, to be on more platforms, to reach that next level of success, that felt a lot like a hamster wheel to me. And I thought, if you don't want that, like what's the alternative? And I think a lot of people don't necessarily see the alternative as an option, but I want people to know that it is because it's not always necessary to add more and more and more to reach your goals once you define what's really important to you. And then once you do that, you can see where you're adding more unnecessarily and where you're creating unnecessary stress, complexity, and overwhelm as well. Mm, That's so big. And I know one of the things that we've talked about is how you run your business and just 25 hours a week, which leaves so much time for you to do what's important to you in life outside of your work. And I think many people listening would love to be able to say, I only need to work 25 hours a week and just can't see a vision or even have an idea of what that could look like. One of the things that you talk about is taking a subtractive approach to get there. Would you mind sharing what an attractive approach is for the listeners? So it, again, really counters that idea that more is better and it invites you to start letting things go. For me, this uh, approach started when I became a mom. There's lots of triggers for people. Sometimes it's just that they're in burnout and something has to change. Sometimes people recognize that they, uh, they have a chronic health condition that they need to take care of. Some people just are like, I really want more time for my hobbies or the important people in my life. But for me, it was definitely motherhood. And it's when I started saying, okay, I'm doing all of these things and honestly not doing all of them super well, 
what could I let go so that I could focus my time and energy on the things that are most important? And I deem that as most important in my business, but also the things that are most important in my life. So I really sat down and looked at my schedule and said, if I want to have this sort of a lifestyle where I'm picking my kids up at school, where I have time for my morning runs and meditation, where I have choice and freedom and flexibility in my schedule, then what do I need to let go? And for me, it was like looking at a lot of the extra kind of marketing activities. For my other clients, everyone's a little bit different, but maybe I'll give you a, an example that illustrates this because I think it makes it really tangible for listeners. So one area that I see this come up a lot with service providers is with their services. And they have a lot of bloat in their services. And I see it show up in two ways. One is that they have a lot of offers and products because they've fallen into that trap of believing that the best way to grow and serve their audience is to offer more and more things. Or maybe they don't have a ton of offers, but the offers they do have are so packed full of features and bonuses that it's hard for them to deliver all of them. And it's hard for their clients to tell even where the actual value is. So in both of those cases, you know, there's complexities and stress and overwhelm because they've fallen into that trap of adding more and more and more. And from my perspective, I can usually see that it's not necessary for them to have all of those things or all of those features for them to reach their goals, for them to work the hours they want, for them to create the impact that they want to make. So what I do there, and honestly, what I did for myself with my services way back when was take that subtractive approach and ask like, are there some services that I could let go so that I could focus on the services that are most important and free up my time? Or are there some features in my services that I can let go because they're not essential and they're not adding any value? And again, freeze up my time so that I could work less and make space for those things that are most important to my life and get to that. For me, that magical 25-hour work week, if that's not your goal, like you're going for something else, that's totally fine. There's a couple of things that you said there that stood out to me. Um, Number one, and us both being business owners, we're also consumers. And I can look back at so many places over the years where I wanted to invest my money into a brand or an individual. Um, In particular, I actually think about the wellness coaching side of the coaching industry, where there's these amazing athletes that also do personal training and coaching. And you land on their website or you ask them how to work with them and they have like this package and then this package for this and then this package for that. And for me as a consumer, the more options you're giving me, the harder it is to figure out which one I need. And also the more complicated it is to take me from an onlooker that might not know anything about you just yet to an actual paid client. And so when I hear you say like subtracting that, I think that that's a very tangible example that so many of the listeners can relate to. And I've even seen it in like the um, like business coaching space, um, DEI coaching, you name it, where it's just this adding and adding and adding of things. I'm wondering uh, if there's anything in particular that you think might be contributing to why people are taking the approach of thinking that they just need to keep adding on. Yeah. uh, I love that you brought it to the consumer place because I think we look at this, you know, I'm often looking at how does it add complexity to my clients' lives, but it also adds complexity to their sales process and their marketing and the conversations they're having with their prospective clients. And so it's good for them to see that it, if they can let some things go, there's benefits on both sides that actually adds extra motivation to do it. As far as why we do it, you know, I look back at when 
I started and kind of just started with a really simple coaching package and then all these things that I kept adding on. And I'm a minimalist, so I didn't kind of go full blown and have like seven or 10 offers. I had like three or four, but even then the sales conversation was really clunky. And the reason I did that is because I was trying to meet so many different people's needs. And I was listening to so many industry experts about the things that I needed, I'm using like air quotes here, needed to grow and scale my business instead of asking like, what sort of work lights me up? What sort of work is a match for my clients? Instead of believing that I needed to have, you know, a short-term thing and a long-term thing, an entry-level product and a group program, I needed to get rooted in what, what I wanted to do and what worked for me. But when I was listening to all the the gurus who maybe didn't know and understand my values and my needs in my own business. And also, you know, the people I was talking to, they all had kind of different ideas. And if I kept trying to add all those things in, I just ended up with a service menu that kind of felt like a cheesecake factory versus something really (laughs) refined. (laughs) Oh, I love that example of cheesecake factory. I had not been to the cheesecake factory in so long. And I just recently went there with my partner's family and the overwhelm of just sitting there and looking at the menu (laughs) In most restaurants, you know, if you're going and it's not a vegan or vegetarian restaurant and you're looking for those types of options, you'll have like two. Mm-hmm. So it's not always a good thing. But in their menu, I had like pages and pages and in addition to pages and pages of chicken and meat options and seafood options. And I think it's like three pages of just cheesecake. And that sounds like such an amazing thing to have all of these options. But as someone who also identifies as being very minimalist, and uh, highly sensitive as well. It just put me in that overwhelm. I'm like, I don't know what I want to pick. There's too many options here. <laughs> yeah. And I think to like, let's keep running with this metaphor thing is interesting. Like I used to work in restaurants and so like behind the scenes in the kitchen, that's a lot of ingredients. You need a lot of different recipes that you need to know and make and a lot of different things, like things that your waiters, waiters and waitresses have to figure out. As a solopreneur or even someone with a small team, that volume and that complexity is really hard to deliver. So for the type of people that I'm working with, and particularly those who are like, I've been successful, but now I need my time back, we've got to look at subtracting because otherwise the complexities stay. Absolutely. Uh, in the restaurant industry, I think about food waste. You know, If you have these ingredients that are just for one dish, but you have like hundreds of dishes, how many ingredients are you having to toss? And I see that um, relating back to people's businesses of like, if you're having services that people are not booking um, consistently because you have too many services, where might you be paying for a software or a system or a piece of equipment that's not being used because you just have so many options and that thing is just for this one segment of the business? Yeah. And also, where is it taking up brain space? I think that's the other piece that maybe we don't put enough emphasis on. And you know, outside the realm of your services, I see this with marketing a lot. When you're doing a lot of different marketing things, even the ones that you're just kind of are dipping a toe in, but aren't really effective for your business, but you're just kind of doing it because you think you should, or someone told you to, that takes up unnecessary brain space and subtracting it can free up your time either to focus on those marketing activities that are really essential for your business and working well, or again, to create that time freedom that you want in your business, which is more often what my clients choose. Mm, I love it. So I was going to ask you how a subtractive approach can create simplicity and ease, but I feel like you've you really fleshed that out. Is there anything that you'd want to add to that? Yeah, I think that it's, it's kind of one of those obvious correlations that if you're subtracting some things, then you're going to enjoy, things are going to get simpler. Things are going to get easier. The complexities are going to go away. But I think the other thing that I 
I've probably already highlighted, but we'll reiterate again, is it does create that time freedom for you. So for example, I have a client who is a wonderful branding expert and graphic designer. And for years, she also included website design as part of her package. And she came to me really saying like, I want more time. I have a young daughter. I want to spend time with her. I want to take like a month off in the summer. How are we going to make that happen with the way my services are now? And we really dug in and we looked at it and asked, what if you just let the website designs go? What if you just focused on branding and made that your thing and referred out the website design? And that was about, that conversation was about a year ago and it has changed everything in her business. Like it has created so much more simplicity because she's only focused on the one thing and being the expert in the one thing. It's created a lot of ease because the timelines are hers to control and it just, it makes all of her projects really buttoned up and and flow well. And then it's created the time freedom. Like my favorite message from her was, well, I guess there's two. One was seeing her enjoy that month off in the summer with her daughter, knowing that that Mm -hmm. time is, she's not going to get it back. She's not going to have a two-year-old in the middle of a summer enjoying water playing, you know, doing outdoor activities again. And so this is like the time to maximize that. And then the other piece was she messaged me and she goes, I started going to bar class again. And it's been amazing that I have the time to do that now. And I'm someone, and I know you are too, who really loves fitness and prioritizing movement. And so that like more than any financial marker that she made in her business in this past year of working together, that just lit me up with joy. Uh, It lights me up with joy as well, hearing that example. And it's so relevant because many um, people listening to this podcast, as well as maybe even you are not aware that we, during the pandemic, started shedding services from our brand and really refocusing like what lights our fire right now. And if it's not lighting our fire, if it doesn't feel like ease, if it doesn't feel like simplicity, and also our zone of excellence, we started to let things go. And I'm wondering if this was true for the clients that you've worked with as well. Um, But what we noticed in letting things go and focusing on less, but doing it better, um, it actually reignited our creativity and our passion about it too, because we could be fully focused on that thing um, and, and really just kind of pour our energy back into that instead of stretching it into thinner places. Yeah. And you're, you're getting rid of the draining stuff. I have another client who's an interior designer and really hated the big, huge projects and was like, I just want to focus on some really simple things. And had, she had a very strong idea of what she wanted to do, but just a lot of fear around letting some of these big projects go because people had come to know her for those. And she had referrals coming in for those. And to say no to those, to make space for these other things, or to just focus on those things was a little bit scary. But what's been really interesting is she's now has time to garden. She now has time to take time off to you know plan her son's bar mitzvah. She now has time to consider taking a month long sabbatical in the summer. And those are such big wins for her because she let things go. And while I don't always promise that your business will grow, like my goal is always to free up your time while maintaining the business, both of these clients have seen growth. And I think it's because they focused on the things that, to your point, really light them up and that they want to be known for. And they've been able to do that at a higher volume without working more. Yeah, I think it's important that you mention what they want to be known for because when you are marketing so many different things and having so many different types of messaging going into that, it can create confusion public image wise of like, what does this business do or what do I go to them for as well? And so having less um, makes it a little bit easier for your public audience to digest. This is the go-to person for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Enjoying this episode and want to dig deeper? Well, this week we'll also hear from Erica Corday and I over on our main podcast, Pause on the Play. 
open up your podcast app now and make sure you do a quick search for pause on the play and give it a follow because we're going to be breaking down consumerism and how we've personally began having more once we took a subtractive approach to our shopping. All right, now back to the episode. One of the things that you talk about is being better than big. And uh, I think it would be really cool to just dig into what does it mean to be better than big? And also, since that's the name of your podcast, what can people expect on your show? Yeah. So this name came about through a conversation with a mentor and we were just talking about the kind of business that I run and the kind of business I help my clients run. And she was like, it sounds like you help people with businesses that are better than big. And I was like, oh my gosh, hold on. Let me write that down. That's like the thing I've been looking for. And really what it describes is a business that allows you to do impactful work while also living a rich, fulfilling life outside of work. Like I am always thinking, what can your business make possible for you by changing how you're designing it or by taking a subtractive approach. So it's really, you know, a business that creates possibility for you, creates time freedom for you. And I value choice. And so that creates a lot of choice for you and what you want to do and how you want to spend your time. And it also prioritizes that over scaling infinitely. So I think it's important to probably say it's not anti-growth. And again, like you just heard me say, in fact, some of my clients do end up growing through taking a subtractive approach and building their better than big business. But our main aim is to maintain the business while freeing up their time. I love that. And it makes me think about the many layers to this concept of being big that we've talked about over on the Pause and the Play podcast, not so much here, um, but the big that you're getting to see in the online business space is not really the full picture sometimes. Um I think that we are getting a lot of messaging if you are on Instagram and Facebook and those types of places where you're seeing these online uh, business coaches talking about lots of different things about how their launch went really well or how they grew by X amount of numbers overnight. Um, But the reality is that many times those big numbers that you're seeing and hearing about are not the full story either. So it's created this desire in people to have something Um, without really knowing what that something looks like behind the scenes. Some of these six-figure launches spent, you know, thousands of dollars in ads and then thousands of dollars in team. And so the numbers that you're hearing are the overall number, but it's not the profitability as well. Um, I'm not sure, you know, how you feel about that, but I've just started to see in some of these larger businesses that have focused on being big, a mass exodus of their teams, like just dropping and and leaving their, their workspace um, and profitability concerns coming up. Yeah. I think like recognizing that that's not the whole picture that people sometimes, you know, they're sharing, here's my, my results that I got, you know, the successful launch that I had, or here's the dollar figures I'm bringing in my business. I think it's important to recognize exactly what you're saying. Like what kind of team went into that? What kind of investment went into that? And because I'm obsessed with time, like for me, I'm like, how much time did the owner spend like making this happen for themselves? At what cost did this launch come at to them? And I'm looking at those things. And I think, you know, for a lot of my clients, you know, 
I'll preface this by saying, if that's what somebody wants, I think that's absolutely go for it. If that's what you want your life and business to look like, great. But for the people that I'm working with and who listen to my podcast, like they're looking for something different. And that's where I want them to know that they have permission to take a subtractive approach. That they have permission to say, this is what enough looks like to me. This is the revenue I want to bring into my business. These are the hours I want to work. This is the time freedom I want to experience and the things I want to make space for. And let's design the business for that instead of just arbitrarily deciding you want to you know, build a business like the leader in your industry. Let's like tie it to your goals, your values, your lifestyle. Yeah. And there's so much power when you decide to do that and being able to build it around the life that you want to have instead of, you know, building your life around the business that you have. And I find that when those kind of decisions are being made underneath that is also breaking up with the hustle culture and viewing humans as like <laughs> only worthy of the labor that they're putting out as well. That's a whole nother conversation, but <laughs> yeah, but I think that's really relevant, you know, like for the last this year, this past year and the coming year, my goal is to make the exact same as I made in the previous years with more ease, more spaciousness and more time off. Like that's not necessarily a, uh, a common goal in the online space for business coaches. Like everyone is trying to double their revenue or, you know, get to that seven figure mark. And that's just not aligned for me. And it, it does require me to kind of put my blinders on and say, it'd be a little contrary and say, this is what I really want for my business. And to recognize that my value isn't just as me as a coach or a business owner. It's also in who I am outside of my business. You know, the mother I want to be, the individual I want to be, and how I want to pour into myself. There's value in that too. And I have to assign value to that in order to have a goal that's do the same in less time. Mm, I love it. And I think it's so important because many times we can take in a message that success is like this permanent thing that's the same for everyone. And so I would love to dig in a little bit more into what does success look like for you? Because I think success looks different for different people and you can make that choice to decide that your success is not going to be the same as someone else's. Yeah. And I think broadening the definition of success, if there's one takeaway for people listening, I think this is a big one, is recognizing that it's not just numbers. It's not just the revenue you make in your business, or it's not just the clients that you can serve. It's a lot of other things. So I've run two businesses and my definition of success in both of them has really transitioned over time. My first business, I was a freelance food writer. And initially I thought success meant landing those big opportunities, getting the splashy bylines, getting the yes from the publisher to write a book. And those were certainly markers of success, but there were other things too that you know, I could go get coffee in the middle of the day with my partner and spend that time. I could, when I was a mom, I could scale way back in my business when I had my baby and I could like spend a lot of time with her and make it all work. So those became more important markers of success as I grew. And then when I launched my coaching practice, I kind of fell into the same trap again. I'm like, I'm going to tie my definition of success to revenue and how many clients have I worked with this year? And, and have I crossed the revenue threshold, you know, the six magical six figure mark, like, and I really strove for that for a while. And I think that's normal in the early stages of any business, just because you're taking in a lot of information and, and there's a lot of influences there. But again, I eventually I settled down and started to realize that my definition of success was much more focused on the things that my business makes possible in my life. And so now when I really think about what success looks like for me as a coach, it's having choice in how I spend my time. Like today I was able to go for a beautiful fall run. I get to do this podcast with you. I get to go to yoga class. I get to attend. Uh, my daughter's schools are having a like 
a race, a charity race. So I get to go watch that for them. And I get to work in the afternoon and I, I got to move things around and make it work for me today. And that's amazing. It looks like most mornings being able to drop my daughters off at school and not start work immediately, like sit down and eat an actual breakfast, do some meditation, do some journaling, then do impactful work for a few hours a day and then pick them up and enjoy time with them in the afternoon. There's so many things that it's making possible. And when I brought in my definition of success, I could really start to appreciate that and also orient my decisions and my business to support that broadened definition of success. I love that because it's totally holding space for the fact that you are a human first and a business owner second. Yes. Uh, When I think about your journey, one of the things that I've been wondering to hear from you is, is there any like one thing that stands out to you that you've subtracted within your brand visibility or marketing efforts over the years that has really opened up the space to have more of that success that you just defined? Yeah, I think probably a couple of things. Um, For me, social media has been a kind of a big thing. Like at the beginning, I was like, at the beginning of my coaching practice and my freelance writing business, I was not on social media at all. Like it barely existed, but (laughs) even when it was available, I was like, it's not for me. I'm not going to blog. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to kind of do my thing behind the scenes. And when I started coaching people like, you've got to get on Facebook and Instagram and start a Facebook group. And I was like, okay, like I will do those things. And I started them. And then I had this just like real distaste for it. I was like, this just isn't, it's not aligned for me. It's not really, I'm not going to be someone who's going to use this as a tool and I'm going to be on here all the time. And so what it looked like at first, the subtraction looked like scaling back and, you know, getting rid of some platforms, doing less on a lot of those platforms and using them differently, using them more as just a place to share a little bit in case people were coming to see me on a different platform than my main ones and kind of using them as a place for people to confirm that, yes, I was a good fit for them. Yes. They kind of liked the things that I was sharing and and the things I stood for. And then this last year, um, one of the things with social media that I had was I had started a Facebook group at the suggestion of a mentor. Like it was just, she had said the way to grow, it's the way to find clients. And I had run that Facebook group for like four years and I had not really enjoyed it for three of those. And so I had gotten to a place where I'd really scaled back with it and was just kind of doing the bare minimum. And my team was doing a lot with it. And I was just really being responsive in there, but it just kept feeling like something that was a drain. And it felt like something that was taking up brain space and it wasn't really driving results in my business versus I loved writing my newsletter. I loved doing my podcast. So I asked myself like, why, why am I holding on to this thing? Why don't I subtract it and let me really focus on the things that I enjoy? And even though it was a small thing that freed up very minimal hours for me and minimal hours for my team, the mental weight of it getting rid of that was huge and allowed me to have more creativity pour into the things that I love, like my podcast or doing conversations like this with the people on their podcasts. I love hearing that because I think that a lot of my listeners can relate to this story that they need to be in all the places in order to be successful and in order to bring in new clients or whatever that may look like for them. And um, especially if a place does not feel good for you to do so over time, that emotional and mental weight that it's holding can stifle your creativity in the places that you do enjoy. Yeah. And I want to say, I don't want to like demonize social media because you know we, we are seeing a lot of negative things about it right now in the press, but 
that was just my choice. Like that was my choice to say like, this isn't totally me. I like to go deep with people. I'm a writer. I don't love video. Like there was just a lot of things where I was like, this isn't a great fit for me as a person or the way that I like to share content versus as a writer, obviously a newsletter is a great way for me to get my message out. And as a former journalist doing interviews, my podcast feels so aligned and fun for me. So I think it's important for people when they're looking at subtracting, you know, brand visibility efforts or marketing is to ask like, what isn't serving you? What isn't a great fit for you and your strengths and your personality and give yourself permission to subtract that so that you can either focus more on the things that you love or free up some time and brain space. I love that. Ah, such a juicy conversation. And I'm so glad that we were able to dig in. Uh, One thing that I like asking all of my guests is knowing what fawning your fire means for you right now. Yeah. I think for me, it it means standing up a little bit more and being a little more contrary or being more vocal about being contrary because there are so many, like we talked about so many messages about building your empire and helping you be more productive and efficient with the aim of reaching the next level. And I'm just far more interested in helping business owners with the currency of time and maximizing it and freeing it up. And so it's a good, good for me, like flaunting my fire right now means talking about that more instead of kind of being a undercurrent behind the scenes thing in my business, but really making it the focal point and sharing with people so that they can give themselves permission to set that time freedom goal in their business and take the steps to achieve it. If that's the right fit for them. Thank you for sharing that because I think that people, um, can hear the word influencer and associate it with so many different things. But sometimes influence is making the decision to talk about how you are doing something differently and going outside of the current messaging or the societal norm. And, And you talking about what you're doing and how that's affected your life and the life of your clients, it gives others a permission slip to consider doing something differently too. It does. And I think the fear there, like for me, at least the reason that that's kind of been an undercurrent of my business instead of something I'm talking about all the time is because you're like, if it's a smaller message or if it's a contrary message, what if no one cares? Like, what if there's nobody who who cares about this thing? It's just me. And what I have found is that when I get on calls with prospective clients and just, you know, casual coffee chats with other business owners, I'm finding that there's a huge population of people who want and value time more than money. And the more I talk about it, the more they kind of pop out of the woodwork, but I've got to be willing to get over that fear, you know, to, in order to speak about it, to connect with those people. Absolutely. You're talking to one right now. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley, is there anything that you'd like to leave our listeners with or one action you'd like them to take? I think, you know, when people talk about building a business, that's better than big or taking a subtractive approach, the the knee-jerk reaction is I'm going to have to overhaul everything. And so what I would really, really invite people to do is identify one small thing that they can do differently in their business to free up their time. You know, one thing they can subtract, maybe using examples from this, maybe it's a feature from a service that you're like, it's just that bonus isn't helping anybody and it's complicating things for me. Maybe it's a service that you've been selling, but you're like, it just really doesn't make sense. Like those stories I showed for my clients. Um, maybe it's a marketing effort. Maybe it's a habit or like way you're operating your business that you need to shift and kind of let go of. But I would just identify one tiny thing because it's so amazing to see what that small shift creates. It really does create big impact. 
And in thinking that you've got to make a big shift, a lot of people just don't do anything. And I'd rather people just make a small change, see the result from that, and make a lot of small changes over time to get that better than big business. Oh, thank you so much for saying that. Yes. Take one small step. They all add up. I promise you. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today, Ashley. Thank you for having me. It's always such a pleasure talking with Ashley. And one of the most beautiful things that I enjoy about Ashley is that she really takes a meta approach in such a way with her business in a sense that like even the way that she rolls out her services, the way that you consume some of the services that she offers is a very like integrated and easy process that is so subtractive in itself. I mean, I don't know about you, but I can say for me, there have been many times where I've witnessed clients and friends sign up for courses and programs and you have to sit and watch these videos. You can't speed them up like, and it's you and the computer. And so now you have to carve out a whole new set of time in your life to consume the content and then be able to integrate it and implement it. And that doesn't always work for everyone. So one of the things that I find really cool about Ashley and her services is that she has a a pretty cool approach in her audio course. And she takes that subtractive approach to the audio course. And it's called Do Less, Live More. You can learn about it at ashleygartland.com slash do less, live more. And what I enjoy about this is, you know, someone who listens to Ashley's podcast, and I'm sure you're going to head over and check it out too. You're able to do her course the same way you would any other podcast. I mean, I'm sure when you're listening to this podcast, you're probably doing other things. We've accepted that, that you're probably, you know, tidying up the home or running errands or picking up the kids from school or pumping some iron in the gym or going on a run or something. And the cool thing about Ashley's course is you're able to also consume the course material while you're doing those same things because it's set up in a really easy to digest audio format. Ashley, I got to I got to hand it to you. It's pretty smart to do it that way. <laughs> you can also learn more about Ashley at her website, ashleygartland.com. And you can find her on Instagram at Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-G-A-R-T-L-A-N-D. Ah, I'm so glad that we had this conversation. And some of the things that came up for me in it is really just wanting to share with you that if you don't know already, I am pretty minimalist in my personal life. And over the years, I have began to integrate that minimalist approach or that simplicity approach or essentialism approach or so many different names for it. But ultimately, that less is more. Um, and less but better approach in my personal life, I've started to integrate into the businesses that I own. And I just want to share with you that simplifying things in my life and in my business has created so much more room for more. And what I mean by that is those examples in my life have looked like more time to spend with my family. It's looked like um, actually being able to offer less services, but deliver them better for the clients. So happier clients is look like doing what is in our zone of excellence, what we're really great at and doing more of that and doing it better and having passion behind it because we enjoy it versus just chugging along for things that like we can do really well, but maybe we don't like. And that's made a big difference in work. It's made a big difference in life. Now, you know that we also talk about impact here. And so I think it's important to say that these minimalist or subtractive approaches that I've taken have also allowed more in such a way or better 
in such a way in my impact. And it's not lost on me that creating some of this space has looked like being able to have the time and the resources to put into supporting the SBCA with photography that they then used to create a calendar. And those calendars, uh, the sales from that helped fund additional food and shelter and all the good stuff for the animals in the SBCA shelters so that they can be able to better maintain um, their care until those animals get adopted. It created more awareness through the calendars. It created an increase in adoption. It also allowed me to support organizations like the Safe House Project, where they're providing safe housing, mental health resources, and things like that for children who have been sex trafficked. It's a very important nonprofit to me. And it's also allowed the room and the free mental space, might I add, to begin to develop financial award seats and awards committees for different organizations, as well as within my own business, so that underserved communities could get access to services that further their education and further their work and their own impact. And all of these small decisions to you know, simplify my wardrobe and that way it takes me less time to get ready or simplify how I go about my approach to my diet and nutrition and things like that have just created so much more room to really do these things that have such a big impact. So it really is these small, individual, small, tiny, tiny baby steps that lead towards much bigger things. So I just want to encourage you that between now and the next episode to keep flaunting your fire and remember that the small steps add up to big changes. Next month in Pause in the Play the Community, we are reconnecting with what's essential in our lives. We are taking a month-long deep dive and for less than $100, you're able to join us where we will be digging into conversations, prompts, and all kinds of things to support you as you declutter the noise in your life. This is going to create so much space and so much opportunity to really go back to your why. What is important to you? How can we begin to really break down what does your allyship or your give back efforts look like? You know, will you be contributing to causes or nonprofits that matter most to you? Does it look like being able to mentor some of the children from your your child's school? Whatever that is, we're going to be breaking down the questions and conversations to get you started and revisiting and reconnecting to what is essential for you right now today, because that may be very different than it was a year ago, two years ago, and definitely pre-pandemic. All right. You can learn more about joining us for that deep dive and pause and play the community, as well as get access to our entire archive of trainings, resources, and our whole network of people. They're happy to support you by visiting pauseontheplay.com slash community. And (laughs) until then, continue to flaunt your fire. This episode of Flaunt Your Fire is brought to you by Pause on the Play. You can learn more about its community workshops and podcasts by visiting pauseontheplay.com. The Flaunt Your Fire podcast is recorded on the stolen land of my brother's ancestors, the Piscataway people. This land is known by many as the capital of the United States, Washington, D.C., and its surrounding area.
Ready to get clear on what matters? Let's do this. From Implicit to Explicit is a framework that helps you to get clear on what matters and how it informs the way you live and lead in your workplace. Whether it's focusing on the team building and connection that can happen when you talk about what matters to you as a person or how it informs the outcomes that you seek in your business, it can all completely change the game. Having clarity on what your values are and how this shapes the way your work creates the foundation for every action that you take and then sharing this information across your team explicitly. This is what creates confidence and integrity in what it is that you are creating and sharing with the world. Visit pauseontheplay.com forward slash explicit to learn more about this collaborative and interactive workshop and sign up today. Ready to lead through your values?